Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of What the Health Just Happened, where we talk about all things healthcare, the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, and everything in between. We also bring on a variety of business and community leaders to discuss healthy versus unhealthy business and life practices. And today's guest, I imagine, will be a healthy dose of healthcare and business and life. We have two representatives of Cardiac Vision, John Moses, Regional Director of Marketing for Cardiac Vision, and has a plethora of experience in the healthcare world and hospice, home health, both pediatrics and adults, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. We also have Dr. Carlos Zamora. Did I say that correctly? That's right. I do not like butchering names, but it happens all the time. A board-certified cardiologist with Cardiac Vision and an assistant professor with the University of Florida, amongst many other impressive accomplishments. Oh, my gosh. The intro is always the hardest part. Do you read? Do you go off the head, the dome? I don't know how you say that. What do the kids say off the dome? doesn't matter. Gentlemen, welcome to What the Health Just Happened. A lot of stuff to cover, right? I assume we'll do a little bit of business, a little bit of health care. Who wants to take the first swing? <laughs> Joan brought me here, so he takes He's it. going first. I know. I, I, convinced, I convinced Carlos at the, la, the last minute. I'll, Dr. Zamora, get over here. Come on, come with me. He's I'll, like, oh, I'll throw okay. you an easy softball to start. So, so John good. and I have known each other for a while. You're in the healthcare space. You've done a variety of things. What is cardiac vision, right? What do you do? Who do you service? And, and where do you service these patients or clients, I don't, whatever term you use. I mean, it sounds like you want the elevator pitch. Are Give we, me the we, elevator we get the pitch, time? I got the timer up there. I'll here, just I'm going to hit elevator. floor 30, three. 30 you got, seconds. Here we go. Excuse you me, got sir. 24 minutes till <laughs> the commercial exactly, break. Exactly. So Cardiac Vision, we are a, uh, a post-acute uh, specialty group that primarily, that only rounds inside the post-acute. And what the post-acute is, is the skilled nursing facilities, like nursing homes, and the assisted living facilities, which is an ALF, or the inpatient rehab hospitals. We don't have an outside clinic. We're not rounding we're not rounding inside a of a like we don't have a clinic that we're trying to send patients to and see them inside of a, an office so we we round inside the buildings and so by doing that we're able to uh, to work with patients from long-term care to short-term care to either or sometimes a 14-day stay in out and then we see those patients through that entire post-acute continuum until they get discharged and then uh and then we hope to have them discharged to a place that's going to be successful upon that either working with a brick and mortar cardiologist um, working, you know, get them with, uh, from a telehealth standpoint, whatever it may be to get them to, the, to lead them to success to, so they can stay out of the hospital pretty much. And that's the very, very short, short version of what we do. We'll dive deeper. Anything you want to add to the elevator pitch? Um, I think it serves a, uh, a need that is now talked about in, you know, main healthcare uh, type of stream. Everybody talk about the clinic, about going to the diagnostic center or a hospital. Um, and this is a an area that is very important because most issues and most mistakes, let's say in, in medical training or in the hospital, happen between transition of shifts, right? When you have hands mm. off, hands offs between uh, residents, between Perfect. nurses, shift uh, change, shift change, the hospital and that probably yeah, yep. and that might be the same in security guards or some other some other industries, uh, but especially in the healthcare, that's with the most dedicated point that. Like any chain, like you can bring the break the link, and that's really what um, the cardiac vision uh, team is doing: is getting uh, after the hospital, uh, taking care of those patients throughout uh, the discharge and post discharge, uh, rehab and post rehab. So those are usually the the weakest link, uh, because health systems and and many hospitals uh, do a great job in house, and then after that, right, what happens? 
So this is a filling in a need that is very important. <clears throat> much needed niche. I'm going to read this because I pulled it from your website. Cardiac vision combined with cardio therapeutics, CRT, is a physician-owned and nationally-led multi-specialty multi practice focused on delivering highly specialized care to post-acute facilities. Right. Right. So we'll, unless you want to talk about the, the renal care, right, the renal therapeutics, which mm -hmm. is kidney stuff for all you <laughs> layman's terms. Man, don't ask me to explain We're, nephrology because I still don't understand it. <laughs> again, we can stick with the, the cardiac side because you're, sure. you're a cardiologist, yeah. correct? <clears throat> which I want to talk about that too. Let's, your training when you went to we school. Can definitely do you're going to put them through the ringer too. You're going to ask That's a bunch good. of questions. I, I, do, I do want to. That might have to be the second time you come on is just talking, right. just geek out on, on cardiology. Right. And what I wanted to add to um, Eric is that, you know, here, the, you look at a patient's continuum, the day they walk into, they get admitted to a hospital. They Let's go to a, start, how do they get admitted? Like, so, give they, us an so example. it could be for any given reason. Let's say that they're, you know, they, they were in a car accident or let's say they fell or maybe they had CHF exacerbation or maybe they Congestive had- Congestive heart failure. Thank you very much. Um, so they had any kind, they had some kind of clinical need to go to the hospital. Yeah, and, a very common one would be, let's say, an elderly person that is at home and trip, just simple slip and fall and just uh, broke their hip. Or it could have been, you know, and- it. The hospital looks into the reason why that patient fell. That's a good example where they, you know, why do they fall? Do they fall because of disorientation, because of low blood pressure, because of mismanagement of medications? Like what's the real reason why that patient fell? They may have had a hip fracture and maybe that's one they're going to do an ortho, they're doing surgery, or maybe they're doing rehab. But, you know, what's the root cause of that? And then when the hospital figures out that there is a specialty need like cardiology, maybe they, maybe there's something going on where they need additional cardiac care. When they go to, when a patient goes to the hospital, it's like the, I say this all the time, it's like the Disneyland of healthcare. They go there, they get a worked up, they get everything. Every, everything ride, every get, ride, every, every roller coaster, they have every snack. All free, fast yeah. pass through the whole thing, everything you need That's to do. That's a good metaphor. So, the and they get the Disneyland of healthcare and they go to the hospital. Well, then what happens is, and this is kind of how we got started 10 years ago, is that once they get discharged out of the hospital, they go to the post-acute, to the skilled nursing rehab facility. Usually, up until recently, you're only going to have a primary care. That's it. That's really all. That's all you're going to have in that post-acute up until recently, where you just have a primary care who's managing that rehab, who's managing that patient, and that's it. It's usually one physician or some mid-levels, think you know, so nurse practitioners, and you know, it's working. And there's 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 some success there for sure. But what there needs to be, and what what we have the ability to do, and what healthcare has the ability to do is add more specialty groups to that to that building and having cardiology overseeing that patient if they do have a cardiac cardiac need and so working with that patient to help re you know work with them from the rehab standpoint work with their medications do you do ekgs and echocardiograms ultrasounds and get that person as much health care as possible much help as possible so that way when they get to the discharge point and they get discharged they're set up by for success w way further what they belong than they would if they just had one just a primary care seeing and that's where we've seen success is seeing patients who come out of the come out of the skilled and they've had primary care they've had cardiology they've had nephrology they've had pulmonology derm podiatry these things are coming into the post-acute market which have never been there before a lot of times when that patient needs something what they do they put them in a stretcher they put them in an ambulance they ship them out to a <laughs> brick and mortar cardio brick and mortar specialist and that's that worked for years because nobody wanted to come into the skill now with these entities like us for coming in for multi-specialty that's where those patients are going to see a lot more workup a lot more they set out for success when they're discharged so that way when they go back to a brick and mortar cardiologist or brick and mortar specialist they have the workup of what's been going on through the entire continuum of acute and post-acute care I mean, do you want to add anything else? I'll get I a specific question for you and then go back to sure, yeah, go ahead. defining post-acute. So I asked before you walked up here, 
Dr. Z, Dr. Zamora. What, what should I call you? Dr. Carlos Zamora. There's a lot of names here, right? <laughs> right. What do you prefer? Dr. Z is fine. I like, I like Dr. Z. That's yeah. fun. So as, a, as the clinician in this process, kind of elaborate on that. So, so patient comes out of hospital and they're in a skilled nursing facility. What are you doing with cardiac vision specifically? You're going in as the cardiologist for that patient to, to get them home and safe, to decrease readmissions. Like, what's the clinician's role in this? Yeah, it's a great question, and and it goes goes back to how I how come I ended up uh, meeting them and and working together uh, was that uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, my wife and I actually opened an ALF assisted living facility. Okay, and but for ten years, that, um, you know, for ten years as a cardiologist, I will always see those patients coming into the hospital or the clinic, and I always. See, I had quite a lot of questions like, why are they on this medication? Why this is not being done? Why is that being done? Why are they here? Why are they not here when they're supposed to be here? All those questions, but I never worked on that side. I was always on the hospital or clinic side. Uh, and was only really when I, we opened the ALF that, uh, that, that the mission was to really provide great care, to combine you know, my uh, wife's expertise in, in business and mine in healthcare, to deliver great quality and great great care to keep them, I'm guessing to keep it exactly right? home yeah. and safe. Um, and but then when you like anything else that you do, when you really are doing a day to day, you really start finding gaps and issues and, and answer to those questions. Um, and so that's when I called, uh, you know, Doctor Ahmed, and I was like, Hey, I heard you doing this post acute care, and that's I'm learning a lot about it just by taking care of our own residents. Uh, so that's how it came from the need of uh, stepping up the care there. So really when, when we go in, we are assuming the cardiac care for those patients because again, most uh, uh, systems don't have the bandwidth to send cardiologists to those locations, to those facilities typically. So if they don't have anybody that is coming in, then yes, we would take care of uh, finding out their records from the hospital. Their- How easy is that? It's, well, it's never easy. It's and, a and nightmare. That, that's a whole, that's like a 10, 10 episodes of that's a podcast. Yeah, that's about, its own show. Yeah. About interoperability and, and things. Siloed. Yeah, yeah, everything is siloed, unfortunately. Uh, we're working towards, uh, you know, more interoperability, better communication, you know, flow of records and, and, and all of that. Um, but essentially then we assume care uh, for maintaining really what had been done or started in the hospital because they might have been for a broken hip, but they do have comorbidities, right? We have an older population. We have uh, uh, people, thankfully, are living longer. But what happens when you live longer? You have more comorbidities yep. that you're dealing with, more medications. So they might not be there on the rehab site for a cardiac reason that they came from the hospital, but they do carry several common diagnoses. Hypertension for years. Hypertension high is at least a third I, of the population, yeah. right? Yep. High cholesterol, another third. Diabetes, about the same rate. Cardi- uh, congestive heart failure that you mentioned, very uh, uh, all of those comorbidities are very uh, common and, and actually, actually multiple of them in the same patient. So that requires uh, making sure the polypharmacy is not excessive. So we're cutting down medications that, that maybe duplicate, uh, that may be causing trouble. Let's say they're on double dose of diuretics because they had one from home, one from the hospital, and now they continue both. Uh, well, now they're That's dizzy, they're lightheaded, they're, you know, complaining they're going to the bathroom all the time. Uh, that can even hurt the kidneys or eventually. So those are the things that we line up to get rid of the ones that they don't need, uh, line it all up. So when they end up going home, they have a very good list of medications. Um, they are stable and they're ready to transition back 
to home or the, to their ALF, if they are going to an ALF that we care for them, they will continue there. Um, and if they are going home, then we have started actually transitioning with telehealth service to make sure that once they leave the uh, post-acute facility, we follow up with them because it's not just a question of, uh, hey, you're stable, see you. Yeah. You know. Uh, Thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah. The the that's that's not value based healthcare. That is, the 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 I was reading, uh, you know, medicine 1.0, 2.0, and now medicine 3.0 is really what we should Who be you doing. Reading, by the way, I have to ask. Uh, I followed for a long time, Doctor Peter Atia. I love uh, Dr. Atia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Are you going the yeah. direction I think you're going? Have yeah, you read yeah. his recent book? I haven't read the book. <sighs> I have to. Oh, but I have followed the podcast for- I'm getting off topic. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. Keep I have di- followed keep the diving, podcast for a long time <laughs> because I always liked prevention and and this type of you know medicine 3.0 yep. type of care. Uh, so And plus, I'm from Brazil and he follows Ayrton Senna, which is a Formula <laughs> One racer. So that's how I, kind of how it got started. I, when a friend of mine say, hey, this guy, this guy has a podcast- his, is, his is the best out there, by the way. But, it's uh, long-form yeah. content. It's long-form, but they go really deep into yep. the science. But going <laughs> back to um, uh, the follow-up is that that's a concept, you know, that is not just one episodic thing. The more data points, and that's Medicine 3.0, the more data points that are specific to that person, to that patient, the better the outcome, and that's proven. Um, I always uh, felt uh, for many years in the, in the, in the healthcare system uh, frustrated really that uh, we see patients every six months, every, once a year, and they come in, you check your blood pressure, you know, as a cardiologist, do, you do an work. EKG, yeah. maybe do a blood work, and you have you make a decision in twenty minutes about the next six months, about the year. next six months or the next year, or really is uh, when you think about it, is that for their whole life, mm-hmm. because if you whatever you do there, starting a therapy or stopping a therapy or recommending something will change in the next few decades. So I always felt that you needed more data points. So the more uh, hands-on, yeah. yeah, the more I like high touch, high tech. You know, the more we can combine high that. Touch, high tech, I like that. Yeah, I, I like that because you cannot do it also all manually. You need technology to help you with when it makes sense. And there's so uh, much technology available now. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's kind of you know we talk about we talk about telehealth. We talk about skill. Like we can do so much more yeah. on site with these patients that they couldn't get. Uh, they couldn't get 10 years ago. They couldn't get, you know, five years ago. There's just so much more availability uh, for what we're doing. And then, you know, I want to kind of add what you said too, um, you know, and for kind of what we're talking about here from the from the skilled side. One of the things too that you noticed, it was a recent patient. I'll give you an example. I love we, like specific examples. We had, we had an yeah. example where Dr. Zamora was consulted on a patient in a skilled building and they said, said Dr. Zamora, his, his, I don't know if you remember this, his blood pressure is all over the place. It's high, it's low. I don't know what's going on. Like, I think it's a cardiac issue. He went in, he did, you know, did a console and realized very quickly it wasn't a cardiac issue. It was an infection. And so he was able to rule out cardiac and say, listen, these are all the signs for an infection. Like this is was what's this going on. Was this in the hospital, this, skilled in the, nursing, in the post location? In post-acute, post-acute okay. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, that's why, but uh, that's why you need more touch points. Um, and also technology like, um, you know, wearables or sensors that will alert you uh, earlier. Right, the earlier you know, the better. the The more uh, continuous measurements that you have, the better decisions you make. Uh, people are complex, right? Like I just mentioned, we have a population with many comorbidities. That which comorbidities mean diagnosis, really. Multiple diagnoses. Multiple diagnoses yeah. that interact with each other. Medications interact with each other. So, and it's not easy. 
I mean, we don't talk about it, but it's not easy to navigate that. It's not even for patients, not even for nurses and doctors either, because one it, medication is helping one diagnosis, but affecting has a side another. effect affecting another organ system. We're all, everything's connected. So it's important to take a time to digest that and, and sort through that. Uh, in the hospital, in the acute setting, they, they have to... Let me, let me just yeah, clearly like define quickly acute versus post-acute, right? right? So acute, you have a sudden issue. You call 911, you take an ambulance there, or you have that fall, or you have chest pain. This landscape of healthcare, right, mm -hmm. where, where it starts, you may have an acute issue that mm -hmm. brings you to that hospital setting. Right. Yeah. Then you're treated there, you, you, whether you go in the ER directly to a floor, they treat you, however long that takes, then you're discharged to wherever. Post-acute Post setting yeah. yep. can be home health care, a lot of times right. skilled nursing, outpatient therapy, to assisted ALF, living. It just Correct. Yep. Yeah. So just understanding that that it. No, thanks for that's explained. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good. Explain. I I say these terms all day. That's and yeah. sometimes the same thing. It's like how do we. I don't know who's listening. Yeah. I do, but yeah. you don't yeah. know who knows what acute versus post-acute means. Right. Yeah, and even yeah. us in like we're not trained for these things in medical school or yeah, residency. Wanted, like yeah, I, going to that. We're like, not that familiar with it unless you get involved with it. So uh, it's important to explain to anybody. Like if if maybe even medical school doesn't teach, I'm sure they don't teach in a. On that's a, on another a, great point too. Is what, else. what you learn and are taught in medical school versus yeah. the real world. That's that's any industry, right? Right. Yeah. It's probably not talked about that much, the post-acute world. No. I, I think it's like understanding the disease process, the medications, how the body works, how to treat something. Yeah, Going might, back to Med 3.0, yeah. it's all prevention. Yeah, it's that's all a prevention. Heavy on it. And, that's, yeah. and that's a lot of what we do is about prevention. It's, you know, and I kind of, you know, we talk, I talked earlier about the primary care and nothing. I didn't want to, like, come off as, like, you know, saying the primary care can't do it because that's not the case because our primary care is they're there to oversee the entire body. And the waste... But the, you know, the, the kind of analogy I use is that you have a contractor who builds a house. You have a primary care who takes care of the body. You know, when a, when a contractor wants to build a house, what does he do when he wants to put a roof on? Does he, he put it on himself? He outsources. He calls a roofer. I need a window guy. He, he, you need a plumber. You need yeah. an electrician. You outsource it. Those are the specialties you do to build the house. And that's what primary care, the care does. They, they bring in specialties to do different parts of the body. They hyper-focus on the rest of those parts of the body. And that way, you know, it's and then it, not just from like, hey, here's the heart, take care of the heart, I'll take care of everything else. It's not that. It's saying, you know, let's collaborate. What are you seeing on this heart? How it's going to affect the rest of the body? How it's going to affect the rest of what I'm doing, what we are doing together? And I think that that's so important, especially in this day and age, is that healthcare, it, it needs to be more collaborative. You talk about silos. You talk about, oh, the hospital does this and they discharge out. And that's, into some in some markets, that's true. But some hospitals have really good, they're trying to bridge that silo effect and connect you know, connect with those post-acute abilities, those ALFs, those home health, you know, the outpatient, you know, outpatient clinics and stuff like that. And there's a big need for it. And they're, yeah. they're seeing, they're seeing the need and the conversation to happen. So two questions. One, I, I wrote down a list of people. This is <clears throat> locally here in Northeast Florida, Jacksonville, probably St. John's County, the big five, Baker, Clay, et cetera. You're working with, what were the hospitals you guys are currently working with? I got a Memorial, UF Health, Baptist, Brooks Rehab, St. Vincent's. Mm -hmm. Am I missing any big ones? Uh, I think that's all. And Orange Park and HCA. So HCA, which is Orange Park Memorial. Yep. Uh, St. Vincent's, which has four hospitals. Baptist has four hospitals. Mayo Clinic and UF Health. And then Flagler, UF Health Flagler. You've so those are just, that's just the those five markets you mentioned. We cover from Jacksonville all the way down 95 through Daytona. Okay. which includes Halifax and Advent. Yep. And you have all of I-4, which is uh, from Altamont Springs, Deland, Deltona, to Orlando, 
which is Orlando Health and their hospitals. And those, yeah, exactly. And then through Lakeland and then all of Tampa Bay, which is as north, far north as Wesley Chapel, Spring Hill, Newport Ritchie, all the way through St. Pete, Clearwater, um, and then all the way down through Sarasota, Bradenton, and we're expanding from there. And that's not including Chicago, Dallas, Seattle, Kansas City, and Madison, Other states. Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug I this I gave you event. a lot there, I'm sorry. No, no, this is great. This, yeah. I told you the time's going to fly by, yeah. and I, I know I'm watching the clock. We've only got a couple minutes till the commercial break, but we're going to talk about this event a few times. So sure. this is, I don't even know what date is today, but... <laughs> Um, it is the fourth. So Florida's fifth annual post-acute care symposium. Mm -hmm. There's some some big names on here, including Dr. Z. I'm going to start calling you that. But let's see. October 13th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Deerwood Castle. Next Friday. So so say the date again. Say the time. Look into that camera if you want. <laughs> Anything you want, we'll chop it up yeah, and no, send it to everybody. It, it's, it's all good. It's October 13th, um, 2023. It's at Deerwood Castle. It's the it's a post acute symposium. Basically, we're going to have um, the local hospitals are all the ones that you mentioned. We're going to have a physician groups, specialist groups, skilled nursing, ALF, home health, hospice, palliative, uh, third party therapy, and then everything else in between. You know, everything. Everybody who's a healthcare professional, healthcare clinician, if they want to come and join and come, you know, kind of revel in the spotlight of this post acute collaboration is what it is and. It's it's grown every year since we've done it, and this year I th I'm expecting it to be quite the thing. I hope you're coming. I plan on it. Yeah. You better come. I mean, I'll you, be there. You don't have I'll a choice. There. I'll come be there. Come for an hour. Come I'll for an hour. Okay, okay. I don't. I don't believe him. Well, tune I will 100 next week. I will 100 be there. Uh, no, no. I like I, how it changes. Listen. I may come. Yeah, I may come. No, no, no. I'll, I'll be there. The only reason I'm like, am I in town next week? I am. It's in my calendar. I yeah, blocked the whole day I off. I don't believe it. He'll oh, text Scott. me morning. What day what, is this? Like, what are you talking about, Doctor Z? At this specific? Uh, do you have a segment you're talking about? Yes. My interest is in telemedicine, remote patient monitoring. Oh boy. Whole different episode. Here we go. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. The initiative that I'm helping build out for uh, bridging that, you know, that gap now. This is specifically in the post-acute yep. worlds? Yep. We might have to hit that on the on the second half. Just some, sure. maybe some introduction, some other people in the, the telemedicine space here you may be familiar with. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole different topic, right? Um, we're going to talk see. about, we're basically going to talk about a lot about the, the relationship between the acute hospital and the post-acute skilled and ALF. And basically... Uh, really honestly discuss and try and figure out a collaborative understanding between these entities, between these co these companies. You know, you have Baptists just focusing on Baptists. Well, Baptists doesn't want to just focus on Baptists. They want to work with strategic partners who are going to get the best, the most bang out of their buck for, for those patients to get them as healthy as possible and not, you know, either work to go to the skilled or just to go directly Let's home. acknowledge, let's call it what it is too, to decrease readmissions. Yeah. That's the end right. of the day. Yeah. And, and look, why is that the case? It's to save money all for the look for the patient. I'll, I'll call it out. No, it is. Hospitals yeah. get dinged if a patient is yeah. readmitted under a certain time frame. They days. are financially like they're in trouble. Yeah. They get mm -hmm. they get slapped. So they, they want to work with like they want to work with skilled nursing facilities who yeah. have high star ratings, low readmission rates. So that they they're going to be basically preaching the, preaching the same conversation that they're trying to do in the hospital. And, they, and rightly so, they are uh, penalized because it's not like a random penalty it's it's, yeah. it's uh um it's made so they do the best that they can to prevent that because it's bad for patients right anytime Correct. they're in the hospital they get weaker they are exposed to uh, dangerous situations 
So they uh, they get penalized if you uh, they go back for a reason that could be prevented. It is worth acknowledging that yeah. it's for the patient's behalf. It is it's right. Not, it's yeah. not the fat in the, the hospital. I'm so yeah, glad you said that because we're here no, like, no, no. you know, well, there's, look. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I told you, we'll talk you guys up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So again, time flies by. We have Dr. Carlos Zamora. I'm calling you Dr. Z from now on. John Moses, both with Cardiac Vision. That is what the health just happened. All right. Welcome back to the second half of what the health just happened. If you missed the first half, you can catch it next week, someday on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. I don't know. Apple, Spotify, there's like 800 podcast platforms. John Moses, the director of marketing with Cardiac Vision, Dr. Carlos Zamora, board certified cardiologist with Cardiac Vision. Again, pretty cool organization doing some special stuff in the post-acute world. Talked about an event they have coming up at a symposium October 13th, 2023. We'll talk more about that. A lot of cardiac stuff, a lot of post-acute stuff. Um, we're going to have a little fun before we go back to the serious stuff. So I like to play a game called Healthy or Not Healthy. Right. Healthy or Not Healthy. John Moses is shirt size right now. Oh, my God. I think he needs I'm messing with you. Come oh, on, wow. man. It's going to go, I would it's say gonna go sexy. I'm, I mean, healthy. Healthy. Um, that is healthy. You're, hey, you're a right. healthy man. That's right, man. I get a hard time all He works time. out. He work, give I it, work out with give Eric. I don't want to hear his stuff. He's over I here. Do see this guy. I, I do see this guy there. It, it, okay. It takes time and effort to, to, to Healthy it up. or not healthy, the hours you get to sleep during med school. Unhealthy. It is super unhealthy. It is, yeah. Okay. Um, healthy or unhealthy, wearing scrubs after leaving the hospital? Uh, I, I would say it depends on what department you work. A lot of For, people are with scrubs, they, they are on the desk all day. So I left, when I worked in the ER, I would go home and like immediately yeah. just. ER, yeah, un, it's unhealthy. Burn. Yeah, yeah. Unhealthy, ER, you're yeah. exposed to all kinds of okay. things. So unhealthy then. <laughs> healthy or unhealthy, those clog shoes that nurses wear now. The. The, uh, you know what I'm talking the about? Crocs? The Crocs? They're like, not even Crocs, they're like heavy bottom. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think Crocs it's unhealthy. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I tried it once. <laughs> it's a rock. I don't know how they do it. Did you really try it? Yeah. yeah. Either of you have a just a random healthy or unhealthy you can throw off the top of your head? Uh, you don't have to. A lot of people are like, I can't. No, do okay. Um... <laughs> It yes, could be an oh, no, got, got, no, okay. We talked about it earlier. Healthier and healthy Celsius energy drinks. I'm leaning towards unhealthy, man. Yeah, un un unhealthy. Um, I actually, when I was first fresher of, out of fellowship, I, we, I was at in my, Mount Sinai in Miami. We uh, published a paper, a uh, uh, 21-year-old guy that had um, uh, a myocardial infection, a heart attack, um, and he had consumed energy drinks. He had done other things too, but uh, like, there's, there's some ingredients there that are not healthy. Consistent, uh, consistent, yeah, in, consistent, and, and exaggerated Justin amount. Justin Couscous, I call him by the yeah. way. It's not his last name. How many energy drinks do you have a day? Uh, one Celsius a day. Okay, <laughs> at least. Okay. Oh, they're gonna say. Yeah, I think it was a, a large we'll amount in a short period of time, and <laughs> probably mixed <laughs> too much with with drug, all the drugs. Yeah, so alcohol, possibly exactly. yeah. stimulants. Yeah. They kind of remind me of like a poor man's version of the Four Locos. You remember the Four Locos? I think the Four Man, <laughs> the Four Locos, are a poor man's version of. <laughs> oh well, yeah, probably. Like strongly. By the way, there's one healthy or unhealthy Four Locos. <laughs> Unhealthy. The original recipe. Do you know oh. what, Doctor Z? You know what I don't know what that you know is. It is an energy drink combined with alcohol. The original version, not so yeah, much. They're, wow. they're, ban they're banned. The original yeah, version. you can still get them now. I think they they had to nerf the ingredients because they were killing. They were not. Well, they yeah. were messing people up. I told go. you we'd go off. Run. Let's <laughs> rein it in. Go back to cardiac <laughs> vision. Okay. Did a little bit of healthy or unhealthy. I love doing that. So I have a medical dictionary. This is from nursing school. I like to open it randomly. I'm going to read a term. All right. If you don't know what it is, you still have to make up the definition. Okay. You in? <laughs> Let's see here. Let's go early on. We have constipation. <laughs> and that's what I picked, man. I'm sorry. 
Go Do, ahead. You're going to tell me what I think it is? Yeah. It's good to find oh, it. It's my turn. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I thought this is a clinical question. No, so. for, we're all going to make it up. Oh, or, that's or an easy answer. one. Do I That's know it or one. do I make make it up? Oh, if you Whatever know, you want. You never know the constipation. I mean, you're backed up. Your stool is backed up. That's basically what it is. You can't, and you can't go. So, so the, in the fire department, we call it FOS. <laughs> full of shh. <laughs> Everyone likes an acronym. <laughs> that was too easy. All right, I'm that was easy. I was about to say, come on, you, you fix it. We're gonna go to. Uh, oh, guys, I think something really bad. Oh my gosh, the second one's impacted. <laughs> oh my god, man, you that got. can't be real. This yeah, you can't. Wrong. Yeah, it's, that's that's gotta, too gotta, too I much of a coincidence. Immunotherapy. Immunotherapy. Uh, it's with a type of uh, typically a type of medication or therapy that targets the immune system. Uh, I've seen it for big movement on that in cancer treatment. Cancer treatment for sure yeah. is a big one. Apparently, I, I don't, I'm not a hematology oncologist, but from what I understand, there has been great advance on that, targeting some specific types of cancers that, that um, as you know, there's uh, many receptors and markers that they can test these days, and there's some very successful drugs that I, I know of there. I feel bad. I, that went longer than I anticipated because the first one was constipated and the second one was impacted. So... Um, <laughs> Sometimes we, we're not that serious on here. Also, the definition for immunotherapy goes like three pages because there's wow. only subsets. But yeah, you I want, think you, sure you want to read know. that. You know, we can. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we'll waste the whole show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, back to to cardiac vision specifically. So you guys specialize. This is me simply defining it, right? Right. In cardiac care in the post-acute world, mm -hmm. right? Cardiac specialty care. A lot of specialty care. Specialty but yeah, care. cardiac specialty care. Let's start with again. Let's emphasize this event you have coming up, the post-acute symposium. It's the fifth year. Mm -hmm. Continue to grow. What kind of speakers are we looking at? What kind of audience? Who should go that maybe doesn't know about it? Right. So we're um, so from a speaker standpoint, we try, I tried to because I it's honestly it's been me like me and a couple of my colleagues been putting it on. So like, but last year was my first opportunity to kind of kind of dive into it because we had the COVID couple COVID years where Ugh. you didn't want to do a lot of mass you know getting people together. They were still kind of exiting it out. So last year, you know, um, and then this year, this has been. Something that I, it's kind of like my baby, so to speak. So I mean, I mean, but I mean, honestly, like, there's been some fantastic. Uh, I mean, uh, our Tampa person, Carly Clem, she's helped out tremendously with the marketing material. Doctor Med giving the inside. Uh, Doctor Judy Med giving the inside about you know making relationships with some of the speakers. Um, Doctor Zamora as well. You know, there's been a lot of input from a lot of different things. So from the speaker standpoint, so I kind of wanted to make a wide range of uh, hit different points, different data points, different not data points, but different points for our speakers. So you have the two hospitals, St. Vincent's and Baptist will be speaking at Sandra Jenkins and Kimberly Lewis. They both direct, they're both directors of uh, post-acute care or some version of that. Um, for Kimberly for Lewis, the, director of case care management, Ascension, Florida and Gulf right, Coast. Exactly. Who was the other one? Sandra Jenkins. So she's the Sandra Jenkins. All right, director, post-acute care, Baptist care partners. So they're going to they're going to talk a lot. Yeah, large locations in Florida. Right, talking about a topic that maybe is not discussed enough. Right, continue. So, th so those two, like we had them the last few years. They were fantastic presenters. They do a great job, kind of giving their perspective, their hospital's per perspective on post-acute and what that looks like for their side, the relationships that they need, and so on and so forth. I'm not going to steal their thunder. you got to come in, come out and see. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe I'll be there. Yeah, exactly. I'll um, be there. Another one. Yeah, right. Um, I don't <laughs> believe it. Uh, and then um, so doc, uh, Dr. Tovar will be from H&I. So H&I is a um, – they're the um, hospitals group that rounds and all the St. Vincent's. So they're the actual physician groups that – the physician groups that worked for H&I. Similar they, one with – Got it. So like like sound physician or yep. something like that. So but they they cover all of St. Vincent's, but they also work in about 
a couple dozen uh, skilled facilities here locally as well. So they understand the acute side, but they also understand the post-acute side. So they're able to give both perspectives of what they're seeing. So Dr. Tovar is their CMO. He's coming in and speaking about that. Um, Next, you have Chris Adams from H2, H2 Health. H2 Health is a outpatient rehab uh, group that does um, that rent space inside ALFs for for Medicare Part B uh, services. They also do, they have outpatient clinics that you have brick and mortar clinics they go to, and they actually go into the private homes too and be able to do um, med B services inside the home, which means that they're able to do, once home health is completed, they're able to continue on the therapy once they get discharged in the home. Did they pay you to promote their business? Uh, they they did kidding. not. So, And you had a, um, a, call, a colleague of yours, uh, Mr. Sapia, his his wife works for H2. So. Oh, that's right. You did mention yeah, that. Yeah. So she's, they also have signs in the jumbo shrimp. You ever go to a yeah. Jacksonville jumbo shrimp game? No. I don't know why I noticed that. They do. Like, yeah. So they do. They're, they're a great organization. Chris is their, she's their uh, CO. So she'll be coming in and speaking about that. Nice. You also have Steffi Markuski with, um, with Cypress Village, which is a large... Yep. Uh, healthcare entity over there, over off JTB. CCRC. CCRC, exactly. So they have, they have a sk- they have a skilled side, they have an ALF side, and they have an independent living side as well. So Stephanie oversees the entire healthcare administration for the entire property. So she's she's a perfect example of what we would need to kind of bring in and kind of tie that in from the post acute coming from because she sees the skilled side and the ALF side and the independent living side too. What is cardiac vision doing in instance like that? So are you going, you're starting at skilled nursing, right? right? Then they downstep to their, maybe it's assisted living and we then they downstep them. to independent living. So we you're sticking each, with these patients the whole each, time. In, each iteration where they go, we would follow them <clears> on a property like that. So like, if, because it's all, it's all one area. So if yeah. it's all, I mean, you, have you been there recently? I, well, I mean, have you ever I spent been a lot of time there five or six years ago. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, yeah. I've probably been there for a little bit. So it's, it's just, you go on property, it's got multiple homes, high-rises, ALFs, independent living, great, great organization. So Stephanie, she's the healthcare administrator there, so she's going to be talking about how post-acute is affected on her side from ALF and from the skilled side. Then we have Melissa Gad. She's um, she's with Concierge Care, Concierge Home Care. So, this the Medicare side or the... Medicare. Okay. The Medicare side. Yep. So she's so Concierge Care actually is the second largest home health care company in the state now, I believe. Yeah, so. they've they've exploded since yeah. I left that space. Yeah, yeah, so they've exploded. So Melissa's gonna come in and talk about her experience from the post acute from the home health side too. And of course, Dr. Shaw. Uh, Dr. Shaw is with CRT, Cardiorenal Therapeutics. He is our nephrologist. He oversees our nephrology side and also works in the other states as well. So he's going to be talking about more than nephrology, cardiac vision, cardi- and CRT side, what he's seeing for post-acute. So it's a lot of good information, of course. And then Dr. Dr. Z will be there. I guess he will come. And then Dr. Desh, Dr. Desh Mukesh will be ca- coming in. He does balance well-being, which is a psych. It's a psych group that comes in and speaks, comes in and works directly with the post-acute and the skilled in the skilled setting and also the ALF. So very similar to us, but they do psych. So they're able to have nurse practitioners who do uh, psych. So we they're good partners of Which ours. Is they work on huge, huge yeah. necessity in Absolutely. World. And Dr. Dash is he's a fantastic speaker. He really does. I don't know if you remember him speaking last year, Dr. Z- Dr. Zamore. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen so it before, yeah. He really kind of yeah. he really ties together how from a psych side and psychological side, how that is plays an integral part in the healing process for rehab and for the post-acute. Because if a patient has anxiety or has heavy, you know, depression or what have you, it can radically affect their health and not to mention the potential for rehospitalization. Mm-hmm. So if you if you deal with that from the front end and manage that through their entire post-acute process, just like with cardiology, it's just as important, if not more important. 
because your brain controls everything else. So. <laughs> Clearly, John is planning this event. You, you nailed that. Like you talk through each each guest specifically. <laughs> like you could probably talk about what they're what they're going to be wearing. Yeah, I, no, size, I sent I sent out. They're all going to be wearing what health just happened shirts. What the hell? So yeah, exactly. I'll bring I'll bring a box of you these. Just, just don't, uh, remember the cannon. Got to get the gun. You know the, the t-shirt <laughs> the cannon gun. gun. I would <laughs> like one of those. From a okay, so let me ask. I don't know who would answer this better. Sure Most of the patients that you're dealing with are they Medicare population? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So 65 yeah. and older. See, typical 65 and older, yeah. Who's, how are they referred to cardiac vision? So how do you get an intake from a patient, and, and what's paying for the service? I think some people don't talk about how the money flows in this world. I think mm-hmm. we should. Right. Is Medicare covering? Like, who wants yes. to take that? Medi- yeah. Well, Medicare covers it, um, and so or their, or their managed care program or whatever insurance they have. We do work with with most, if not all, insurances for what we do. So how, yeah. how it works is that in a perfect scenario, a patient comes in, if you have a, a proactive skilled nursing facility or a proactive assisted living, a new patient comes in, you can look on their on their um, 3008, which is like their, their admitting documentation to a skilled nursing facility, or a uh, 1823, which is their admitting documentation for an ALAP. They all have to have these these documents, which give their entire healthcare history about where they came from and what their diagnoses are. And if you can, if you have an active, a good admissions person or a good marketing uh, moving coordinator. How many of those are there? The majority? Or there's more majority? than you think. Okay. I'm not, there's I'm not. more than you think, but there are, it does, there, there are opportunities for success for sure. In every industry. Everything. Across the, yeah, yeah. Across the board. But if you have an, if you have an active building who has, um, who's looking at what you're going to do for that patient from the day they walk in the door, they say they may call they may like refer us right off the bat it's like hey we have a patient coming in they're moving in on a monday doctors mora when are you rounding when can you come see this patient or we may be one of our nurse practitioners hey when are you coming in i have a new consult for you and so we see those patients as soon as they move in because if they are they if they move into an alf or they come into admitted to it as skilled the earlier we see them in the skilled the better because instead of because we may only get three weeks to see them in that skilled building before they go home or because they ALF or they move out of the country or who knows where they go. So the earlier we get on, the more preventative care and more act, proactive care we yep. can provide. So same thing with ALF, you get you we get we get consulted early on in the that sooner process. you see them, the better their outcomes. Now, worst case scenario, they usually wait for a primary to come in and do and to to do an evaluation and the primary makes that decision where if they feel like they can manage what they have or if they want to have bring in bring in us or another specialist to help manage that side the like the roofing or the electrician yep. they want to manage that side so that's and those are you know that leaves a lot to be desired but there's also you know we have well, that's why we have good uh good partners in the post-acute space for primary care so they see they're like-minded with us and they see that dr z this is i like to ask random clinical questions like i mentioned also i say hi to my mom every episode hi mom i love you we were talking on the way to the show today and this is not medical advice i have to say this <laughs> so her friend she has a cardiologist that says every human should take a, um, a cholesterol medication. Hmm. Every adult should be taking a low dose of cholesterol medication. Her doctor says, no, absolutely not. Again, this is not medical advice. Where do you stand on that? I think no. This is, I'm telling Who right said now. yes? Her friend? or well, Her friend's cardiologist oh, okay. is telling her friend that yeah. every human should be taking some low dose form of cholesterol medication. And, and her cardiologist is saying no. No, you, not yeah. every human should be taking that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. No, no. It so what be. instances should people start getting on cholesterol medication? Yeah, it's it's a good question. 
for there are two things that uh, drive that decision: uh, primary prevention, secondary prevention, and call it. Um, that's the simplest way to look at it. There's primordial prevention. There's tertiary prevention. But let's say primary, secondary. Primary means you don't have a cardiac event or a cardiac diagnosis. You just have high cholesterol. Uh, secondary means uh, you have a, an event or a cardiac diagnostic or a cardiac procedure done, like a stent, or you had a, a heart attack, or you had a stroke, uh, or detected you know, a large amount of plaque. Those are typically secondary prevention, we call it. The studies are more favorable that they do reduce events there uh, if you take it. You have to take it for a long period of time. It's a, you know, uh, cardiovascular disease and specifically atherosclerotic disease, which you, is what the statins are going to try and help here. Um, and, and we mentioned the, the uh, Piriatia book. Uh, I, I haven't read it, but I, I have heard him saying, uh, and we, we say it starts as, uh, when you're, after you're born. Yep. Already, you start building up. Like you, you're aging, you're already aging, you're already breaking down uh, DNA, and you can start building up plaque uh, as a child. Um, and so it's, it's a spectrum, and it's a slow game, and it depends on how you fluctuate through, throughout your lifetime, and it's a cumulative effect. So uh, you always hear about a 45-year-old that uh, collapsed and died, uh, while jogging or at the gym, oh, right? I'm 40, man. That's only five years away. Well, but you you have heard a story, I'm sure, yes, about that. So what happens there? And they say, oh, they're healthy. He was in shape. He was training for a marathon. What people don't take in consideration is that he's 45, uh, and like remember, I mentioned just mentioned that things start uh, at birth, right? So when in college time, which not him, but many other folks. Just ate whatever junk food they could afford, yeah. right? Come in for that one. Yeah, Guilty. so there's some talk about all of you in college. Waffle House, Taco Bell, come in. Yeah, I mean, I'm Crazy sure, I'm sure, buddy, by I'm the sure way. you're not, not you're not college. eating salad with organic <laughs> no. and no. and a little bit of vinegar and oil, <laughs> olive oil from straight from Italy. So, um, unfortunately, <laughs> most people do that during those four years. And that adds up, and depending on how bad you did. Four you, years? Four that years. Took me like six years of graduate well, college. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding, sorry. Well, <laughs> if you did it for longer, the longer you were exposed to those uh, very atherogenic diet, uh, the worse, because you already started accumulating little plaque. There's microscopic things, start sticking to the blood vessel wall. And unfortunately, they don't go away. And so you typically what happens then at 30 some had kids or, or settled down, uh, has a job, is making money now. Okay. Wow. I got to take care of this belly or getting shape and start training and start training for a marathon and, uh, getting shape is, is fit, but that process was already going. Mm -hmm. And then there's an event that happens like the perfect storm. I, I always say it's not, you don't cook an event out of the blue. It typically requires ingredients, just like when you're cooking. And the different ingredients are high blood pressure, genetics, history of smoking, even if it was remote, history of a bad diet for many years. Uh, many, uh, and, and we just keep finding out or more and more risk factors, like pollution, um, we, we, that has been proven. So uh, it just takes a perfect vaping, storm. Vaping, uh, vaping there like are some bad, yeah, there's some bad um, uh, studies That's... about it. But all of those add up. It's not just one thing typically. So when all those add up, that, that can create that event, but it was an event that uh, started years ago. So to answer that question about the, the debate, you know, if yeah. there's plaque or if there was an event, certainly after a stroke or a heart attack immediately for the first 90 days has shown that improves uh, their long-term 
uh, longevity. If, and if you ever get the, the itch to come back, I, I'm telling you, I would talk cardiac stuff all day. Just <laughs> I think it's, we can make it fun too, but we'll go back to cardiac <laughs> yeah. vision. Yeah. So the, the majority, I would say hundred percent of the patients you're working yeah. with 65 and older. Mm-hmm. The majority. Yeah. I would say majority. We do, we do get some that are, you know, some like early in life. How many of them are dealing with cardiovascular disease? Yeah, I mean the that the, uh, almost 100. percent The ones that we see are 100, percent um, and and in, in that building, the large amount, right? The large percentage of them mm-hmm. have, like I said at the beginning, those diagnoses. At least one of them uh, may not have been in the hospital for an acute problem related to that diagnosis, but those diagnoses are there. They interact. They interact with medications that they're taking. Uh, they're taking multiple of them, uh, and so in, it's it's uh, the great population that that we see and that it, it continues to evolve as we have baby boomers every day 10,000 uh, 10, a day, 10, a day. Um, so there's a, they're the ones that move into those CRC uh, CCRC communities the continuing care communities so they're starting independent and going uh, to the other that's one. a good segue because we only got I think we got about four minutes left here um, good question for you both to wrap up so you've you mentioned owning an assisted living facility yeah. unfortunately we can't talk about that. what's it called does it at least say that uh, better days senior living better day senior living um so like it's just a good question if you look at your space specifically let's call it the post-acute world mm-hmm. what's one healthy change you'd like to see in that industry that you think would improve the post-acute world i mean don't ask me this i we don't have enough time to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> well you got three minutes you got three so minutes. Hurry let up. me see the timer let me set my timer on my new phone um, it, you know, for me, I think that, you know, I think things like what we're, I know it sounds kind of like, I'm self chanting here, but things like we're doing with the, the symposium, it's really drawing attention. Like this, that's easy first step stuff that we can do, uh, to draw attention to things that people aren't talking about or don't know there's a problem. Mm-hmm. A lot of times these people get the, the, the acute, the hospitals or the acute or the skilled nursing or what have you, they get a patient come across it. I was like, Oh, this person's going home. Let me write that up and just fax it over and just hope they get taken care of. Like there's need, there needs to be more, you know, not ev- some spaces do a great job. Some don't, you know, so it's about figuring that out and stop. You guys mentioned earlier the silo effect. Like let's stop, you know, stop the silo. Communication. Exactly. Collaboration. <clears throat> you know, and it's at the end of the day, I really feel, and this is something I'm very passionate about. And I'll let Dr. Zwar go because I could talk for hours and you guys don't hear my voice that often. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I really feel that a lot of our post-acute partners, a lot of our people, a lot of our partners need to have, think more about how they can be a resource for that patient, not just for what they can do, but what else can they bring to the table for that patient? Not just treat and pa- like, see you later. Like not tunnel vision. Conti- yeah. If you're home health, yeah. if you're private duty, if you're skilled, if whatever it may be, you're just saying, I'm going to stay in my lane and that's it. This is healthcare, not self-care. You're not worried about yourself. Like you should be worrying about that patient. At the end of the day, healthcare is about taking care of that patient. It's putting your needs aside and getting that person as much health as possible, much care as possible. And the only way to do that is to think about what else that person needs. And even if it doesn't, if you don't know they may need more, educate yourself. So, or, you know, go to these things and talk to these people. Anyway, I'm done. I like that. Anything you want to add, Dr. Z? <laughs> I think you cover it all. No, there's no way. Job. There's no way. What would you, Look, what would you change? There's gotta be something, Dr. Zamora. What would you change? I think... Go ahead. I, I, no, I'm good with uh, your answer. It's great. Collaboration. Collaboration, continuity, uh, care. Creating see. awareness, like you said, too. Which, awareness, again, the symposium, yeah. October 19th from 9 to 3 at... 13th. 13th, excuse Friday me. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. I'm <laughs> definitely not going. Okay. Well, you weren't wearing black, I'll so you'll be scary already. So um, Again, here we are out of time. There, there's so many different things to talk about. Um, 
Hopefully you guys want to come back. But either way, I appreciate you coming on. It was great. Cardiac Vision is doing some pretty incredible stuff here in Northeast Florida, across the state, um, now moving into other states as well. John Moses, Regional Director of Marketing, Dr. Carlos Zamora, a cardiologist with Cardiac Vision and UF Health and some other places as well. Owns an assisted <laughs> living facility with his wife. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, next time. Gentlemen, thanks for joining. Um, like I said, I had fun. Hope you guys did too. Yeah, we Thank did. Thank you. It was Thank fun. You. Thank you for having us. Thanks, that sir. is what the health just happened. Yeah.